0: To the house of hoosier podcast i'm your host aj Guyton. sit with my man austin render and this is the post-game version of house of hoosier podcast and we want to talk about uh indiana's first game of the 20 which is 21 22 season and uh and share our thoughts with you guys so how you doing my man Austin?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. Don't mind the uh, the background. We're on the road. Uh, this is the on-the-road edition of House of Hoosier podcast, I guess you could say. But uh, we got a lot to talk about, AJ. That was uh, a win's a win, and yep. they're going to take it. They're 1-0, but I don't think that was the game that anyone expected, not only before the game, but even with, I don't know, 14, 15 minutes to go, it looked like Indiana was in c- cruise control. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess my first question to you is, Let's look at that last 15 minutes or so of the second half. What to you happened that let Eastern Michigan back into the game?
0: Well, for me, it looked like uh, Indiana uh, took their foot off the uh, gas a little bit when it comes to putting pressure at the rim, when it comes to uh, getting good looks. Uh, with ball movement player moving on the offensive end and defensively, if you don't use those, uh, early good, good, defensive stops and defensive moments to, to create separation for yourself with the score, eventually any solid team is going to start making shots. And at the end of the day, Eastern Michigan finally found an offensive rhythm and it, and it was bad timing because it came with, uh, I use, uh, stagnation offensively. So, um, I think that watching that, we ball dominant, people dribbling too much, one person initiating and then taking a shot. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would expect to see a lot more motion, uh, not 80s motion or 90s motion, 70s motion, but some type of motion to keep people moving and keep attacking the basket and be and be hard to guard and be hard to prepare for. The flex offense becomes kind of redundant after a while. I remember Iowa used to do it when we were playing back in the day. Tom Davids, uh, Davidson, is it Davis? I think it's Tom Davis uh, used to run that. And then at the end, they would run a double high. Then they run their play. I said, so we just got stagnant. And then the pressure starts to mount. Uh, that, that happens in assembly hall when when that crowd gets to moaning and groaning, and it's like, <laughs> and, and every shot becomes the, the biggest shot of the game all of a sudden. So, and then uh, we didn't help ourselves by not making any free throws and open shots.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to get to. You mentioned to me three things that you were watching for before we went on the air. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's take them one at a time here. The first one, you wanted to see if this team would get out and run. Mm -hmm. And they had moments where they did. There were some nice plays by Ray Thompson hitting Trace Jackson Davis for some sweet lobs. Mm -hmm. What was your overall takeaway in terms of the way Indiana potentially uses its defense to create offense?
0: I thought it was a a typical first game. A lot of high, a lot of energy early, uh, a lot of intensity early, a lot of excitement. And that, that thing tends to wear off. As the game goes along, if fatigue starts to set in, you're not in shape. But I thought early they were intent on getting stops and pushing the basketball no matter who got it. I saw Ray Thompson pushing the ball. I saw, you know, uh, the point guard pushing uh, Xavier Johnson, pushing the basketball. I saw TJD running lanes, finishing, getting opportunities. So I was I was happy about that in the first half. Second half, it stopped. It seemed to just go to a hall. We only got one that I remember when Trace got the big block, hit the lane, he got the dunk at the end, which was a phenomenal play. But, you know, with with that, you have to continue to push the basketball on misses or makes in order to create a tempo. And I I didn't like when I saw those guards walking the ball up the floor and then, you know, dribbling it for 14 or 15 seconds of the clock and then getting a shot up. So uh, in the first half, I thought we were headed that direction. second half, I thought we stopped, um, stopped pushing that tempo. The other thing was uh, three point shooting. Obviously, I think what we shot 16 percent from uh, three as a team, obviously we can shoot much better than that. I didn't like the rhythm and the timing of the shots that we were getting. It seemed like guys would just, after every other possession, they would just shoot one just to see if I can make it instead of being, hey, off the penetration, off uh, off the rotation, off the double down, off of TJD. Uh, these are the threes we make transition threes. I didn't see a whole bunch of, and when you don't see transition threes, that means those either one or two things: that that guard, whoever has the ball, is not throwing it ahead, or those those wing late uh, runners aren't running hard enough to get there uh, to 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 put that pressure on the defense. You got TJD running down the middle of the lane. You should have. Those wing runners out there running Bates, uh, Park, especially Parker Stewart. Stewart, he sh- they should be out there waiting, sitting, waiting, hands ready to knock those shot, shots down. And then free throw shooting, man, um, was was something else that I I was looking for improvement in that area. I'm not going to write them off. Obviously, it's one game. And I think there were a lot of jitters. I think there were a lot of guys who just wanted to play well. But but those are things that contribute to poor shooting and poor free throw shooting when you are you're, you're, you're too excited about getting things done. I think that's what happened with IU. They wanted to play well. They wanted to shoot the ball well, but there was a nervous factor to them that, that, that we won't see in the coming games.
1: You mentioned the fast break points uh, and getting out and running. Indiana only had nine fast break points mm-hmm. in this game. Kind of feels mm-hmm. like something that they could have done better at. Talking yep. about the three-point shooting, you mentioned the percentage. It's 17, per, or uh, yeah, 17%, four of 24 uh, a couple of guys who struggled. Phenasy was one for five. Thompson and Cop were a combined 0 for 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geronimo and Bates were 0 for 4. Galloway took one and missed it. The only people to actually make a three, Phenasy made one of five. Stewart made his first two of the game. And uh, Xavier Johnson hit one.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: these are... These are guys that are good shooters, and it, obviously you were a good shooter. And what what's your message to guys who we've been hearing all offseason? These guys can shoot. Miller Cop has the percentages. Xavier Johnson can shoot. We know Rob can shoot. How do these guys kind of work their way through this?
0: I mean, it's all about, you know, continuing to take good – open rhythm shots in order to get your rhythm going. I remember uh, I missed, I think I missed my first 18 threes as a freshman. I think it was something like that. I was like, oh, for 18. And I made my first three in the garden against Duke. And, you know, and I consider myself a heck of a shooter coming out of high school. So it's not, this is not something that's a problem right now. But when we, when I'm looking at the stat sheet and I look at who's taking the most shots, three point shots, and yesterday was Rob Fennessy took uh, five. Uh, uh, I think uh, Parker Stewart took four and uh, race Thompson took four. And to me, it's like, okay, why is Rob and race taking the most threes? You know, I, I, I would prefer Parker get six threes up. I would prefer cop get four or five attempts up who's shooting and when and understanding you as a player and what your strength is. Xavier Johnson's strength, he made one, he shot three. His strength is obviously attacking the basket, parting the seat for, for those players and dropping it down at TJD and also looking to kick it out to open shooters for rhythm three. So this is a, a thing in basketball today where kids, they don't penetrate the kick anymore. They penetrate to your road, step around you, finish over the top of you and get a foul. And there are people standing on the wings and wide open. Once you penetrate and get in that paint, that defense is in, and I think that's an adjustment that, that the guards can make to help one another get open and rhythm shots. So uh, I think Cobb needs to be more involved when it comes offensively getting shots. I think he's a guy that can find a rhythm, 40% three-point shooter last year, but you know when he's only getting two or three shots from the three-point line playing X amount of minutes, then it's gonna to be tough to find that rhythm. Because you look at those minutes and play, and coaches trust people. Who You, know, you can tell co- how coaches trust you by how many minutes you play. And you look at those minutes, man. Cop, I think, uh, Cop, 50, eight, 18 minutes, Galloway 14, Geronimo uh, 15, which tells me he's trying to find his, his rotation. And that can throw your rhythm off shooting the basketball as well. Guys that are used to playing 30 minutes, 35 minutes, they got to go to the bench after three minutes of, of action. So, he once the coach finds his rotation, he finds the guys that are going to play that, that nine, eight or nine man rotation, they're going to play the bulk of those minutes. Then I think you'll see the rhythm change for these guys, and they'll find their spots when shooting, and they'll be able to knock shots down at a higher percentage. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Beth Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for our first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play to turn your money into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With football season kicking off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today, or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older, Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: They played nine players in the game overall. Mm. Stewart, yep. Thompson, Jackson, Davis, Copp and Johnson were the five starters with Phinsey, mm-hmm. Geronimo, Galloway, and Bates coming off the bench. Michael Durr did not play because of injury, but I do believe he will be a fixture in the rotation, and right. he's mm-hmm. healthy. So then you're looking at about 10 guys. Yeah. At some point, you probably want to shrink that, but early yep. in the season – like you said, he's still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What did you take from some of those bench? Let's start with Tamar Bates. I-, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot there. He flashed some potential last night. Of course, he's still a freshman, but when you're a 6'5 guard, you can mm-hmm. really make your I- impact on the game.
0: I think uh, he's going to have a nice impact on the team. I think Tamar played, what, 14 minutes last night, two or five from the field. I think that his energy is there, his enthusiasm is there. He's gonna have to tame it and and focus more on defending and staying in front of his man, making plays defensively to get himself and his team going. I think the offense will, if a half court offense will eventually come as they they continue to develop chemistry amongst one another. So I I saw him slashing to the the rim with his left hand, finish with his left hand. Obviously I'm a guard. I love guards that can go both ways because, because once you get in the big 10 player or you get in in, and play against some of these top level teams, they're going to take, away your left hand. So now what are you going to do? Are we done for the day? Or are we going to go left and show them that we can finish, get to the rim, get contact? And like I said, he's a guy that can get in the lane, create for others as well. Uh, which is what I would like to see more from the Indiana guards creating for one another, not just off-ball screens, but creating opportunities by running lanes hard and finishing, spotting up the threes, getting in the paint, kicking to other guys to help them get their rhythm going. But I see him uh growing in that role. Uh got 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 a little couple of little cheap files that that he has to learn how to control as a freshman, but, you know, he has the potential to, to, I think he has a potential. It's going to be hard, but to crack that starting lineup, eventually, I think Parker Stewart at the end of the day is going to end up having to come off the bench, in my opinion, uh, to, to to establish a defensive intensity early and then bring them in for specifically for the job to make shots. I think it's going to be a good thing for Parker.
1: Do you did you ever have an opportunity like Jordan Geronimo where you're about three feet above the rim and you just get to throw the ball into the basket?
0: I mean, yeah, on my Nerf Ram at home. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we do a lot of windmill and, 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 and doing it in the garage. So, but yeah, man, that was an awesome play. And we talked about that in, in, in the preview, it was about how TJD could do a much better job of, of, of getting assists and being a and being a playmaker from that position. If you're going to run a flex where you're big, is handling the basketball and in the in, the, in the pinch post, and he's going to turn and face, he's got to be able to knock that jump shot down, drive a couple times, and, and, and then all, also find open men when they come in a collapse on him. So that was an excellent pass, a little high. But when you got an athlete like Jordan Geronimo then go get it, you you want to stretch the limits.
1: He knew his range. He knew Jordan <laughs> could go up and get it, even if it's 13 feet up in the air. Uh, Jordan, made, he
0: stretched out fully. He made that, that one
1: look easy. Um, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned free throw shooting 12 of 20 from the mm-hmm. team. The two bigs, Thompson, Jackson, Davis, combined to go four of nine from the free throw line, which was a big issue last season. Is there something that you took to the free throw line, a mentality, something with you that helped you?
0: you No, it's a rhythm thing, man. You have to work on free free throw shooting every single day. You can't walk out of that gym without getting you 50 to 100 free throw makes in every day because that rhythm – was what's gonna make you comfortable in those volatile settings, especially when you get on that road. The fact that we're shooting that poorly at home, you know, it, it can also work in a reverse uh, psycho- psychological way because then you, like we talked about earlier, you hear the fans moaning and groaning, like you start getting down like, man, the rhythm is gone. So I'm just gonna chalk this one up as jitters and, and first game jitters. I, I think we would definitely be a lot better than that. Uh, I think uh, TJ shot, TJ D shot 43% from free throw line. Xavier Johnson, 62%. I think they would, they would both, you know, climb up there to the 75 for TJ and then 80%, 70, 75 for TJ, 80% range for Xavier. He's going to get to the line a lot. And uh, you know our other guards need to get to the line a little bit more. Fantasy Parker Stewart, but I think uh, you know penetrating, kicking, then and then following up with another drive, and then getting fouled, getting to the line. I like to see more of that from the guards as, as, as opposed to just pick and roll, dribble, 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 dribble. And let's take a shot. Like I, that's I want I want to get back to. Let's get that ball moving. Everybody touching and feel it.
1: That's the number that stands out to me is 20 free throw attempts. It feels Uh like it should be much more, especially when you're playing a team like Eastern Michigan, where Trace Jackson Davis has the size and he only took Uh seven free throws. Uh Uh, It just kind of feels like they could assert themselves a little bit more. Defensively, Uh this game got off to a great start for Indiana. This is kind of what I think Mike Woodson wants to hang his hat on, is the defensive end. Uh Um, Eastern Michigan shot 31% from the floor. Overall, 22% in the first half, but the second half, they shot 55% six of 11 from the three point line. And that kind of helped them get back into it. Did you see anything other than what we talked about earlier, which is kind of letting off the gas? I mean, what stood out to you on the defensive side of things for Indiana?
0: And one thing fans uh, and people who watch the game and support the program need to know is, is a lot of times defense drops in the second half because normally you're away from your, your bench. Uh, you hear a lot of intensity, a lot of talk. You hear the, 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 the coach who scouted the game is up telling you exactly what they're going to do. You're listening, you're bouncing. Then two things happen. You get a lead and you feel like our oh, defense is good two things and then you switch ends and it's like all right but i don't have that voice in my head telling me that the ball screen is coming to, to, to pinch in, to help from the weak side. Now I got to do those things on my own. So the better defensive teams really, really will pick up the intensity in the second half and remain consistent. Uh, like I said, but but I think uh, Eastern Michigan found something that was working. They finally found an opportunity to get their three-point shots in, up and in. And that and three-pointers points three pointers changed the game. I like the, the intensity. I like the switches. I would like what what I would like for Indiana to be able to do to be, to improve themselves defensively is to switch one through five. Uh, I saw hedging on a ball screen, and I'm like, I don't see uh, 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 John ja Moran out there to where. I have to worry about TJD getting broken down and just worked on the defensive end. I would like to see that a little more, especially when if Race Thompson is playing at the five. Let's switch all five. Let's cause havoc. Let's not give them a, an opportunity and make everything that they do a one-on-one play. To Eastern Michigan's credit, you know they they're coached by Stan Heath, who was an assistant under Tom uh, Izzo at Michigan State. Who was one was the dominant team in my era playing uh, Big Ten basketball, so he knows how to you know to how to keep his kids motivated and to teach as well. So it wasn't going to be a walk in the park as I think people thought it was when the guys on the other side is very experienced playing Big Ten basketball. So they'll find the holes, and I think uh, Indiana. We talk about first game, you let off the gas a little bit, you get fatigued a little bit in the second half. You, you're a young team, you're a new team, you drop your guard down, and now. That's all about survival. But I think that I think Indiana will build off of their first half. And that's the that's the positive. I'll cut the second half of the game off and take what I saw in the first half. And I'll expect to see that at a 70 percent clip in the next game.
1: That's a really good point. I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about the, the defense switching ends and not having yeah. somebody to <laughs> yell to you. um yeah. you, I mean, I was, kinda... that
0: happened a lot. You know, as a player, you as when you when you get experienced and you start talking about it, yo, they're away from us this end. Our bench is over there. It's on us to make sure that we know what our coverages are, that we're talking and we're all in one accord. But the perfect storm of things, man, first game, fatigue, excitement, away from the bench, other team starts making shots. Now yeah. we got to be real mental, mentally tough and and recharge our batteries. One thing about my teams in Indiana, I always was on good defensive teams. Maybe except my sophomore year, but my freshman, junior, and senior year, we had real good defensive teams, and uh, and, and we were always in communication with we, with, each, with one another on each end. So it's a, I want people to really pay attention to that. Maybe the crowd can start helping our guys as we uh you know as we get switch ends, man. But you have to know those kind of things to help out.
1: Well, and I think it's also important to look at this game with a grain of salt. I mean, it's like you said, it's the first game of a new coaching staff. It's the first game as a Hoosier for Xavier Johnson, for Tamar Bates, for Miller Kopp. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a I mean, there's a lot still and Parker Stewart, too. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot still to improve upon, but it's game one. There's a long way to go. They have St. John's next week. But for the most part, it's a benign November To where they can kind of deal with these types of things. And hopefully by December or late November, when they go to Syracuse uh, things will start to kind of get ironed out and we'll see a better basketball team, but they still have the pillar. That's trace Jackson Davis. We saw him do some things yesterday, hit some jumpers, some right-hand usage, instead of just the left hand, which we've talked about on here. Um, I, I think he is when you have a guy as good as trace Jackson Davis in the middle, That has to be pretty comforting, not only for the players, but for Mike Woodson.
0: I mean, I'm looking at each individual player. I saw Trace. I saw prog- progression in Trace Jackson. He looked in better shape than he's ever been. He looked focused. He turned to he turned to his opposite shoulder for the first time and hit a hit a jump hook. He hit a jump shot at 15. I would tell him, don't ever take an 18 or 19 <laughs> jump shot. I would say that. Don't ever do that. 15 or three, one or two. But I love what I saw from him. He was he tried to get his team excited. Uh, Xavier Johnson. I felt like you know I saw what he could do as a player i saw how he could be valuable valuable he needs to become continue to be that that tempo pusher and i keep that that's very important because it pushes your guys to make them run it makes them run when you're pushing the ball past them and you're collapsing defense to give other guys opportunities i like to see him get paint touches hit people outside how many assisted uh, johnson end up with three assists three turnovers pretty much typical for him uh, coming from Pitt, he had 103 assists and I think like 58 turnovers, uh, you know, in his at that time at Pitt. So we want to increase that assist to turnover, uh, improve that assist to turnover ratio with him. Rob, I thought, was very aggressive offensively. Uh, I, I think that he could better serve the team if he's more focused on getting everybody involved first. And then hit open shots. Don't force anything. Just knock down jump shots, man, when you get them. So that takes the pressure off from you making them. Uh, but you know, I thought he was aggressive and he tried to make things happen defensively. He, he plays hard. He competes. But you know, get, get your get get your team get your players involved. Your teammates involved. He had two assists in twenty in I think twenty six minutes. I like that to get up to four. Parker Stewart, I think he was just filling himself out. Uh, he doesn't know where his shots are gonna come from. So I would encourage him to be that guy that gets out in transition and runs and gets ahead of everybody so he can get those rhythm shots and get himself going. But no, nothing, no, no marks about him. Tamar Bates, we talked about him already. Race, I thought he, he pushed the ball, showed some things. I like what he did uh, from a leadership perspective, and the other guys didn't, didn't get a whole bunch of minutes, so it's hard to say what they did wrong, what they did right. So we're looking forward to see them, uh, you know, th- those minutes increase, give guys more action, and 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 uh, Woody Woody to tighten up his rotation, so we can get a feel for what we're going to see for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, and we'll try and do this probably after St. John's or something mm-hmm. next week, and then you get three games under your belt, you start to figure out okay, where's the rotation, where are the minutes. Where are the shots coming from for some of these guys? Yeah. I think that's really important. But Very important. When you played with a big guy who got on fire, who was just dominant down low, something like a Trace Jackson Davis can be, was there an emphasis? Did Bob Knight tell you, like, get him the basketball?
0: A lot of the times our off our motion offense would run through the post. Uh, Because it's hard because we like to throw it in the post, set flare screens opposite that big a pass, hit that shooter coming off. They could attack. They could kick it back out. They loved we loved to kick it back out, set back screens. It was just a matter of the game flow. Coach Knight didn't really dictate anything. Motion always called our motion offense control chaos. It was like we knew what we were doing. but We didn't really know what we were doing. And we were all over the place, but it always ended up in something that was positive for the team. So, you know, I played with Andre Patterson. He was a good inside player. He would get it going, but he also could step outside and knock down shots as well. So he wasn't just planted. And that's a one, the one other thing that I noticed and I had noticed in past years about IU in the last two or three years. When you have a person that we're looking to get the ball to every single time down the floor, that sometimes contributes to offense stagnation. So we're just throwing it in him, we're cutting off. We're relying on him. And I think that some parts of the offense should just be open. It should be TJD in the short corner, which we call the the room, some people call short corner. He should be there waiting for drop-offs. He should be setting picks up opposite, getting other guys open and flashing, looking for high-low, moving them around a lot so that the offense is just not, all right, four out, one in, let's throw it to him and see what happens. Because if nothing is happening, then we get stagnated. So, uh, you know, I think that's stuff that Woody will point out as the season goes along. And and, and you look in the second half, when, when everybody tightened up a little bit, it was like, all right, let's just throw the ball to him and see see what happens. Like every possession, which is good, he gets the basketball. But those are the possession. I'm like Xavier getting the lane, finish, penetrating, kick to Parker, get him going, yeah. You know, and and Finnessy the same thing. I was surprised at the, uh, as many minutes that Finnessy got. I was surprised, but you know they must see, see some things in training camp that were positive, and he get, he's going to get that early opportunity. So you know, to, to to your point, man, I think they got the ball to TJD a lot. I think that, you know, he, he he made some great hockey passes and got some hockey assists out of it. He attacked when necessary. But when you're getting double teamed, sometimes you got to go away and get to something else in order to get everybody else involved and keep their hands from getting cold. You see guys out there in the corner like, that's because them hands getting cold out there. They ain't getting that shot, that wrist locking up a little bit. You got to keep it loose. So we got to get everybody getting touches.
1: Absolutely. I, I think a good – kind of reference to that would be for Hoosier fans. If you went back and watched the Cody Zeller teams and mm-hmm, that's a right. guy who's not going to stretch out and shoot threes, but he moved everywhere. He and was he was everywhere. He was not just, yeah. butt to the basket, feet on yeah. the block, give me the basketball. I just, I'll always remember the, the game that Indiana beat Kentucky and Dickie Vitale is sitting there on the, uh, on the call saying, dump it to Zeller, every possession, yeah. but Indiana right. wasn't because it was doing what you were saying and that's mm-hmm letting the guards do their thing, kind of using Cody as a decoy at some times because he had Anthony Davis on him. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great kind of, hey, this is what you can be if you're a back-to-the-basket big and you can impact the game in other ways because Cody did everything.
0: Just think about the NBA. Just think about how many... Dudes, are we just throwing the ball into outside of Joel and B, Uh, You know, and even then, I mean, he can
1: stretch it out and pick he, and pop and
0: everywhere. Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? So yep. that's where I want to see TJD get to. Cause you look at we score 68 points in the mm-hmm. first game, we talked about that, but that's not enough. That's not going to be enough to, for us to compete at that level. We going you got to get up to the 77, 78 per game. Especially against an Eastern Michigan, we should be in the 80-85 range, but you know, we are, we we did hold them to 62, but we got to be so that means that we're not scoring at the clip that the I think what was that? You remember the end of the Duke Kentucky score? It, uh, it was, you know, it was talk. high. I can look it, it was up. High. Right so I just was, uh, that's one of the games that I caught at the end. I'm like, they, these, these dudes are hoping, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not back in the day where efficiency matters.
1: 79,
0: <laughs> 71. It's getting up there. You know what I mean? So yep. 79 points is where Duke got Kentucky. Kentucky knows they're going to have to get up to that 77, 78 range to, to be a real contender. Cause no, nobody the game is set up to 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 get to the free throw line to get open shots to get to the basket you can't hand check anymore so take advantage of that stuff you know don't just dump it inside and say take us home big fella there are going to be some games where he does that and i prefer those games to be those those type of games are going to be on the road in the big Mm 10 where you're going to get stagnant all right yeah we broke the day we 0 for 18 going into (laughs) trace and let's see you take us home big fella so getting trace moving around, uh, get everybody, keeping everybody involved is what's going to propel Indiana from that middle section of the big 10 up to let's get to that upper echelon of the big 10. Let's watch those scores closely. Let's see what these teams are averaging to see if our theory checks out in the end that, you know, you got to score points today. It's not a, it's all defenses. Great, but it's not what's going to eventually help you win those basketball games that you have to win. You got to not only get stopped but put points on the board and don't be stagnant doing it.
1: Kentucky's a great example last night because they could not make a shot. But Shibwe on the offensive glass was a monster. And I think that's where this Indiana team can be. I mean, Trace is a great rebounder he only had two offensive rebounds last night. The team itself only have five offensive rebounds and seven second chance points. Mm -hmm. That feels like a number that needs to go up. And that's an easy way to generate some offense is to get some second chance, easy opportunities. And when you have trace and race, and I, I think Michael Durr will help that. That guy is huge. He is a big body and he will give both those guys some rest, give Jordan Geronimo some opportunity to get out there I think this team's going to have that body load down low that's going to really help them going forward. But overall, I mean, it's, it's not what we expected, but it's a win nonetheless, and they're 1-0, and they'll get ready to play Northern Illinois Friday. Before we go, AJ, what are you watching for on Friday for immediate – I know it's hard to change things from one game to the next, but what are some things that maybe Mike Woodson could change?
0: I think uh, just more of an emphasis on pushing the tempo. I think uh, and and keeping the tempo high throughout the uh, duration of the game. You know, all forty minutes, pushing the basketball, trying to get easier baskets. What I what I what I don't want to see, you know, as the season progresses, is us like we did a couple of years for the last couple of years, running tons and tons of half court offense. That's just not how you win in today's basketball game. Get that basketball out now. Some coaches have a hard time, and this is not Woody, but some some coaches have a hard time having uh, guys take shots that they normally wouldn't take, you know what I mean? transition threes and things like that because they think they're thinking possession by possession. But, you know, these guys may make these shots coming down the road. So we have to get guys to take these shots in order to keep the floor space, keep it open. And it's nothing like being a defensive and being in defensive transition and not worried about running to the three point line and to guard it. Every all five guys can do the old transition drill and run to the paint and then wait on IU to come down. Cause they know they're not going to shoot it. So, you know what I mean? So we open that floor up off, we keep uh, pushing the tempo getting easy baskets. Well, you said we got with nine transition points last yeah. last game is like that need to get, 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 get to the double figures uh, and I need to get to the double figures fast because that means, you know, we're getting stops. I saw a lot of stops. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, all right, we're not pushing it hard enough to, to make something happen out of it. That's how you get the assembly hall crowd into yeah. it. That's how you get the energy going for yourself is, is, is doing that. So de- but defensively, it's a matter of taking what you did in the first half. And and uh, and improving off of that and making it a forty-minute thing—it's not going to happen in, in the Northern Illinois game either. They're not going to put it all together. They're not—they're not, they're not going to put it all together. But each game, you want to improve a percentage. You want to—you know—you uh, know—you you did. I think they have twenty minutes of great basketball yesterday. Let's get that up to 30 uh, against Northern Illinois. Let's get that up to 35 against St. John's. Let's put a complete game together, our fifth or sixth game of the season. So I'm looking for progression. I don't want, you know, this is not a podcast or, uh, that's the, or they have to win a national championship yesterday. That's no I, I expected a, 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 some of a struggle, a little bit of a struggle, yep. because everything is new. Uh, these kids don't understand the, the you know, the atmosphere that they're playing in, the energy that it takes. They don't understand what it's going to do to your body, what it's going to do to you mentally. They're going to start. You see, Trace didn't have any any problem uh, adjusting to it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's used to it. It is what it is. So uh, I'm looking just to see slight improvement from uh, from today, offensively in transition and defensively sus- and sustaining it.
1: There, were, there was nobody better in my lifetime getting out and running and hitting transition threes than Yogi Ferrell. The guy Absolutely. just lived on those pull-up transition threes, and it feels mm-hmm. like there could be some guys on this team that could really thrive in Absolutely.
0: that role. Yeah, can you uh, imagine Yogi with this team? Like, <laughs> man, that's a, I would I'd love to see the four shooters in with TJD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they man like, yep. you know, with, love, like, the four, man. Play Miller at the
1: four. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes it's whoever Miller cop at the four. I think uh, Bates is competitive enough to play some for. I think he'll fight down there a little bit. Uh, Geronimo, uh, you know, uh, Miller definitely Miller. You know, even. To the point where Trey Galloway is at the four, like he can attack from that position because if you're if you're playing a four, at, you know offensively that means you has have, have a four guarding you defensively, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you should be able to break that guy down create matchup nightmares or the other team is going to have to adjust to you and put four guards in. And now let's see, it's a battle of attrition at that point. So I want to see that as well. But I know these old school coaches, Woody old school, and they love to see that traditional four or five, you know what I mean? But, you know, i like to see him open it up in the future. I think he will, though.
1: Well, we're going to learn a little bit more each and every time we see him on the floor. We'll learn more on Friday when they take on Northern Illinois. I think that's a seven o'clock start time. So, uh, AJ, good chatting with you. Let's uh, let's do this more. I, I like I like this uh, recapping the action. Hoosiers win by six over Eastern Michigan. Stay tuned to the House of Hoosier podcast for more of AJ's thoughts. You're probably not tuning in for my thoughts, but let's be honest. But uh, A.J. is going to keep bringing his thoughts. We've also got episodes with some great guests in the can as well. So all season long, we'll have more coming out in the House of Hoosiers. So make sure you subscribe and we'll talk to you sometime next week as the Hoosiers get ready to continue into the early stages of their season.
0: Let's go. you?